It's easy to make a strong connection with people when you're face to face, but can you make that same connection through writing? Well, listen in to find out. Welcome to the show. Five, four, three, two, one, lift off. Two women, one mission to break through the BS of business, money, and mindset so you can live the life you desire and deserve sooner. Join Pauline Longdon and Ray Brent as they keep breaking through the BS. Buckle up and hold on to your aura. Enjoy the ride. G'day listeners, this is Pauline Longdon and Ray Brent and welcome back to Breaking Breaking Through the BS. Hey, Pauline. Hey, Ray. How's it going? Yeah, fabulous. Thank you. Happy to be here as always. Yeah, me three. I love it. So, Pauline, can you tell me what we're going to talk about today? We're going to talk about a really cool thing. This is something that, as a writer, I don't seem to have any trouble with, but a lot of my mentees do and a lot of just people that I talk to just everywhere. Yeah, all around the world. Trouble. Uh Connecting with people through the written word. In fact, I was talking to a friend the other day, and she is a really great connector in real life, and she said, I don't know that it is even possible for you to connect with the written word. And I said, well, have you read my copy? She goes, yes. I said, does it appear that I connect with people through the written word? She goes, yes, but that's because you're special. And I kind of am but there's something that I get that other people don't get. And I guess I do have a a background as a nurse, and I think that there's something in that that helps me actually connect with people when I write. But the good news is, though, Ray, it is something that you can learn. How do I know that? Because you've reverse-engineered it. And I've taught people to do it. I've helped my mentees and I've helped my friends to be able to write better copy or, and when I say copy, it's not just like for copywriting. It's to actually write a letter or a eulogy or a blog or something like that. Just an article that, you know, just connects with people at a different level. I mean, long before I was a copywriter, I didn't even know what a copywriter was. My grandmother died back in like, what was it, 2002, end of two, 2002. And I wrote her eulogy and I couldn't, I couldn't read it, unfortunately, because I was just, heartbroken and all that sort of stuff so the funeral lady she read it out and there was not a dry eye in the house and then I had people come up to me afterwards and said Pauline wow that was just amazing you just summarized everything about Nana in that eulogy and then uh, I can't remember what year it was now just everything's blue and I was in depression but my grandfather died and I did another thing I, I did another eulogy and that time I actually did get up and read it and uh Anyway, so again, there wasn't a dry eye in the house and the family came up to me and said, Pauline, you just, you summarized everything, but you just connected with our hearts. You know, those memories that you shared about Pop just really hit us. And so, you know, people were joking, saying, oh, well, maybe have you ever thought of being a writer? And at that stage, I thought, no, I don't even know what I want to do. I don't even know that I want to be on the planet, much less thinking about what I want to do with my future. So it's not a copywriter specific thing. It's not a, it's not a special power that I have. Uh, it, it can be taught. Um, and I guess the first thing that people need to know is, um, 
before you even start to write a word on a document, there's one thing that you need to know. Do you know what that is, Ray? I do, but please tell our listeners, Pauline. Alrighty, it's all Enlighten about me. Them. It's all about me, is it? <laughs> it is. Um, you have to know who you're writing to. That's it. Simple. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> I know. What a what a revelation. revelation. It's like now you, you got your money. Now you can go. So uh, <laughs> no, keep listening. There's more to come. So when I say you, you've got to know who you're writing to though but you've got to know stuff about them you've got to know what makes them tick and a good place to start to find out how they tick is writing an avatar writing is an that avatar. what you're leading to it yeah. is i was yeah oh yeah you're prompting you you're prompting me that's okay so um the way a lot of people talk about like working out who you're writing to is to write an avatar and we've done another show on this um earlier on i can't remember what episode it was but we were talking about avatars not the big blue things in the movie and there's another avatar movie coming out which is going to be exciting but what we're talking about is um like it's a composite of it's a composite person that is the ideal person within your market that you're writing to so an avatar considers things such as the demographics which is their age their gender the psychographics, that's also like how much they earn, what they're, th- what they're thinking about, um, as in, you know, what they're reading, what they're watching, what their influences, what are. Their influences are actually. And then there's another one, um, that I talk about, which is emotiographics. Uh, hang on there, Pauline. That's a new, well, that's a new one for probably our listeners. Mm-hmm. I know it's not for me because you've spoken, we've spoken about it, uh, a lot in private. Well, I bounced it off you to see if it was a stupid idea or it's a good idea, and you told me at the time it was a good idea to yeah. call it emotiographics. And then I went and bought the domain name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so that's <laughs> I how I know it it's yet. a good good one. So, okay, so I don't think that I'm the person who made up emotiographics, but I'm certainly a person who uses them and talks about them. So for me, emotiographics are the emotions of the person, you know, the emotional hot hot buttons. Um, Dan Kennedy has a really great questionnaire for copywriters that you give to your clients and it goes through, you know, what what are their fears, their frustrations, what keeps them awake at night, what are they dreading, what are they, you know, what do they fear. Um, I like to get into what are they, what excites them. Um, Also, what what do they feel about certain experiences? You know, um, we're, we're all told that no one likes to be sold to, but we all love to buy things. So when I'm writing copy, I'm taking that into consideration. So in fact, yes, it's really good to know the demographics and psychographics, but this is probably where I'm different. And this comes through in my copy that I write, that it's very empathetic and very supportive, is that I actually take into consideration the feelings of that person. Yeah, which we now term as emotiographics. Yeah, and also I'm thinking about um, the reader's experience. You know, like um, some of my mentors in the past have said, don't make the reader do the work to read your copy. You do the hard work for them. And so that's something that I consider. I I make sure that there's nice um, eye relief on the page. You know, I don't have great big horrible blocks of text uh, paragraphs are nice and short and, and they're not all the same length because if everything is uniform and all the same length, then it gets repetitive and people get bored. Yep. And it's funny because I've seen companies recently that have um, made their copywriters make sure that every paragraph is the same length just for the uh, aesthetic on the, on the web page. But what they're not actually understanding is, yes, it looks beautiful, 
well, what's the readership on that? Are, are people actually reading all three of those paragraphs that are exactly the same length? But anyway, that's that's probably something for another show because I'd really like them to get like those heat maps and see where people have actually read through the copy and then skipped over it. And I would actually hazard a guess that when things are exactly the same, they have a feeling that they've already read it. Yeah, no, good point. We'll, yeah. uh, notate that in the diary for a future episode. Yeah. So anyway, all right. So we we get the, uh, the avatar and all that sort of stuff so we know the type of person that we want to write to, but there's something missing in an avatar. Even if you name them and all that sort of stuff, they're still not a real person, are they? They're not. They're like, uh, I don't know, you've just, you know, constructed a an imaginary person, but they're really still two-dimensional. They don't breathe and they don't have the emotions and they don't um, have the real-life struggles. So what I like to do is when I've got my avatar sorted out and I know who they represent, uh, I like to then get a person within my sphere of influence that then is that person. Yeah, it fits very closely into that, exactly. that position. And the reason I do that is because if I'm writing about a product and I want that person that I, I love and or, or I have feelings for and I, I adore, if I'm writing to that person, then my copy is going to come across as uh, that I'm supporting them. I'm s- setting up a sacred zone for them to feel safe. They can Yeah, you, you're suggesting something that will actually benefit them. Exactly. So what I'm doing is I'm I'm setting up that area and as I, as I just called it like a sacred zone within the copy that the reader can then expose their vulnerability and their needs and then when their needs are open then they can see that they do need what you're writing about. Because if you just write copy and say, this is the greatest product since blah, 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 and blah, 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 but you're not allowing the person to see how it will fit into their life and the benefit that they'll be getting. And as um, Victor Schwab talks about in his his book, um, How to Write a Good Advertisement, if you're not letting the person grasp the advantage of using that product that you're writing about, you, it doesn't matter how good your copy is, but if there's no connection with the reader and the reader can't see how that's going to benefit them in any way then you might not you might as well have not written that 10,000 word sales letter because you failed and to connect with them so what I like to do is as I said you set up that zone you show them that you're there for them you it's like um the way you do that is just with empathy copy you know you're saying or you're setting up that you understand them but you're not doing it in a crass way and when I mean a crass way um there's a lot of people out there who say that you can fake empathy I can tell you what you cannot fake empathy no I mean you can see fake empathy a mile away exactly that's that's like the difference between a compliment and flattery false you know, false flattery or whatever is, you know, just as obvious as, you know, those things at the back of a dog that's not been neutered. Um, All those things on a bull. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the kind of fake empathy that I'm talking about and that fake support is when people, you know, like I've, I've seen copywriters write, um, I know how you feel. Um, when I was a nurse, one of the first things I was ever told not to say to a patient was, I know how you feel. And the reason is 
You have no idea how anyone feels about anything. Even if you are sitting side by side with someone going through the exact same experience, you do not know how the person next to you feels. Because their biology, their chemistry, their setup, their neural pathways, everything that has led them to and be their right there, experiences. their experiences, expertise, things that they've gone through, all have forged them in a way that is so different to you. So you could be having the exact same experience, even twins, they will have the exact, exact same experience, but they will have a different um, recollection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's a huge one. So never, ever say, I know how you feel, but people trying to set up that fake empathy. Yeah, that's that's one of their top tricks and top, hacks. Yeah, there. top tricks and hacks. Yeah. Yep. And that's how they sell people into buying their program. It's yeah. like, oh, let me give you a couple of catchphrases that'll make uh, your listener or your reader actually buy from you because yeah. you can understand how they feel. Yeah. And the other, there's another phrase that's used all the time, and I used, I've used it, I'll, I'll admit to it, but here's the thing, I didn't know any better, but now that I know better, I do better. And that phrase is, it's not your fault. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Fingernails across the blackboard. The, the reason for that is, here's the thing, here you are, you're writing your copy and you're, you're talking about this stuff and then all of a sudden you say, but it's not your fault. Here's something about copy and when you're writing copy, you are basically entering the conversation that the person's having in their head and that's what um, Robert Collier said, so that's known as the Collier's Principle. So when the person's reading the copy... At that junction when you've said, but it's not your fault, have they even had that thought in their head to say, oh man, I can see why I haven't had any success in my life up till now. It's totally my fault. Yeah. It hasn't entered their head. (laughs) Like you've just planted a seed of objection and also you've got them offside because they're going, oh, it's not my fault. Well, if it's not my fault, are you even implying that I might have been at fault and... I'm not sure. What are you accusing me of? So be careful with the words that you use because, like, there are a lot of catchphrases and and people will copy them, you know, copy and paste them from sales letter. They'll see a sales letter and go, oh, that's a really great phrase. I'm going to use that. But you don't know if that phrase worked or if you don't know if it's going to work for the person that you're writing to. Yeah, it could have been in a totally different niche. Yeah, exactly. And it may have offended the crap out of people and, you know, a sales letter without that would have pulled, you know, an amazing uh, conversion rate. But because they put that stupid phrase in there that got people up, you know, upset offside. and offside and they go, you know, what are you saying, that it was my fault but now it's not my fault? Well, then whose fault is it, you know? And how have I been swindled out of this? You're just bringing up objections and thoughts that they actually didn't have in their head. So when you're writing, just write to a human and the funny thing is that since I've started writing and, and being trained by Paris, he catches me from time to time and he'll go, Pauline, is that how you would say that in real life? And then I read it and I go, actually, it's not. He goes, well, why did you write it like that? But he's not the only mentor that's told me that, so I can talk about that here. Is I've had mentors in the past go, oh, I'm not sure that, that that doesn't even sound like you. That's okay when I'm writing for myself, right? But then also, if I'm writing for a client, how do they speak? How would they say it? Like, I just wrote a a sales letter for Trevor Crook, one of my mentors, and uh, I had to sound like him. So in my mind, I was writing from Trevor. It's quite funny. 
it's like multiple personalities <laughs> all in one head having this conversation. So I'm the writer, but I'm writing through Trevor's voice. But the person that I was writing to, I was writing to a real person. I had a copywriter in mind that I was writing to. He wasn't an avatar. He's a living, breathing being that has emotions. He has fears. He has reservations. He has the desire to be a top copywriter. I know exactly this guy. So that's who I was writing to. So when people read that sales letter, because this guy is like so many other copywriters, there's a common thread amongst all of us. There's like common triggers that we all have. All I had to do was just imagine him and I just had a, you know, like a conversation that he and Trevor would have. And that takes the pressure off a little bit because... In that respect, you're only trying to sell one person Mm -hmm. as opposed to multiple people. Yeah. But there's a really good tip too, Ray. When you write copy and you want to connect with people through the written word, you're not writing to a group. No. You're writing to one person. Because think about it, um, you know, what's more effective? Hey, everyone, I've got this great offer and it's going to change your life. Or if I'm having a conversation with you, Ray hey, Ray, I found this really great product and I think it could actually improve your life. Would you like to hear about it? Yes, yes, that sounds great, Pauline. Yes, please yeah. tell me about it. Well, I'm not going to because, oh. you know, I haven't written the copy for it yet. No, just joking. So the thing is just have that intimate personal conversation and that that is how I write my copy. That's what I tell my mentees. And the funny thing is that when I read copy, I can tell whether it was written to a real person or not. And that's something that's frustrating my mentees a lot because I say to them, one of the first things, like they say, oh, can you critique my copy? And I say, yep, but you have to tell me one thing. Who was the person you wrote this copy to? And sometimes they said, but I really thought that I knew the audience. It's like, well, we really didn't because you've said the wrong things and you you would have got their back up. So that's my tip to write, you know, connecting copy or to connect with people through the written word is to write to a real person. For instance, when I write copy, I I just said about the Trevor Crooks sales letter, I was writing to a real person, a real person that I know, that I've even had conversations with, right? Mm -hmm. Wasn't one of my mentees, but anyway. (laughs) But um, when I write uh, for health-related stuff, my mum is right in the, the avatar range, okay? So she would be their perfect avatar. But my mum is my perfect person to write to because she is quick to call bullshit. <laughs> she is the biggest sceptic on the planet. And I love her for it. And, well, you know, all of us have been burnt, and that's the thing Dan Kennedy says, we're not selling to virgins. And so my mum is like the typical consumer. She's been ripped off, you know. She's sent away for things. People have, you know, hit a credit card and hit a credit card and she's had to cancel credit cards and all that sort of stuff. So she is like going to be the first person that if you put a step a foot out of place, she's going to call bullshit on you and stop reading your letter. So for me, um, I, I got my mum to read one of my sales letters that I wrote recently and at the end of it she goes, wow, this is really good. Can I watch this? Where can, where can I watch this? And I'm just going, wow, that's fantastic. That's the response you want. You don't want someone to read your copy and at the end of it go, geez, you write good. Yeah. It's like exactly. the old Gary Halbert thing, hey. Yeah, at the Barney's Beanery. Yeah. He used to um, stand there at the bar and just randomly just start reading out his copy to the barflies. 
And so at the end of the copy, uh, the him reading out his copy, um, if the barfly said, "Geez, Gary, you write real well," you can tell I'm going to America soon. I'm <laughs> I'm practicing my accent. Uh, he'd just like rip up the rip up the sales letter and start again. But when people said, "Hey, Gary, where can we get that from?" he knew he was on a winner because absolutely. You know, if people are impressed with your copy as a writer, then they're reading, they're concentrating on the wrong thing. Your copy should, and your words should be invisible. Exactly. They should be there to, to support the product or service that you're selling. Yeah. And support the reader. Yeah. Because here's the thing if they're seeing your words, they're not feeling supported, and you've not made the right connection with the person that's reading it. And that's really important to know. Um, so. You don't when you're when you're writing copy the best way to connect with them is to have a real conversation with them. I genuinely want to help people, so I can't write for products that could possibly harm people. So when I write copy for products or services, I need to believe in them. I I have this uh, policy that I live by, and that is like if it's right for me you and the planet it's a win for the for me a win for you and a win for the planet then it'll be done but if any of those are out of whack then i walk away it doesn't matter how much money i'm I'm being offered it's you know um money won't help me to look at myself in the mirror to be honest that's it and that's a great tip for for new copywriters Mm -hmm. and anyone actually um is to start to value your own beliefs Mm -hmm. and understand and be supportive of your own values yes and if something's out of alignment with who you are walk away Mm -hmm. it it isn't worth the hassle yeah something also to remember that's a really good point and also something to remember is that we are talking to humans like people call it um and i've been calling it this for years too is h to h which is either human to human or heart to heart doesn't matter um we do not write b to b copy we do not write c to c copy b to c c to l m n o p blah 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 we are actually having conversations with humans exactly so a ceo sending it an email to another ceo of a company they are people they are two people um when we buy things off companies we are buying off a person and when companies are selling to consumers they are selling to people not just a number not just a a stat for the end of the year it's like yeah i made my sales stats so the best way that you can connect with people is to treat them like a human speak to them like a human as I was saying before, you know, I've had mentors that say, you know, Pauline, would you actually speak like that? The way that um, John Carlton says it really beautifully is if you were sitting at a bar and uh, a person sat next to you on a bar stool, how would you be talking to that person? And it wouldn't be like, cancer? If you've got cancer, blah, blah, blah. Or whom? Or all those other words. Just write like a human. Just write conversationally. And if you wouldn't say it in a conversation, then perhaps you shouldn't write it. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, I think that's all I have to say about that, Ray. Yeah, great tips today, Pauline. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be sharing more writing tips in the future as well. So for the copywriters out there, just keep listening because there's some great stuff on its way. Excellent. 
Thanks for sharing today, Pauline. You're very welcome, Ray, and thank you to the listeners again for listening in and lending us your eardrums. We appreciate it. We know how delicate and sensitive they are and how much stuff gets inundated into them every day. So thank you for spending some time listening to our accents of awesomeness. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye for now. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. Come on over to BreakingThroughTheBS.com. That's BreakingThroughTheBS.com. And that's where you'll find all the episodes and all of the show notes. And remember, if you like the show, subscribe and leave a review. And let all your friends know about Breaking Through the BS. We'll catch you at the next show. Bye for now.